On this week's show, the Super Bowl halftime show will go on even if there are no fans in the stands. And you know it's 2020 when the Spring League is playing in the fall? In our two-minute history lesson, we tell the story of the only CFL player to ever rush for 2,000 yards in a single season. That and much more this week in the world of football. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another edition of This Week in the World of Football. This is episode number 167 for October 20th, 2020. I'm your host, Randy Snow, and across the table from me, as always, is my son, Adam. I can probably say I didn't lose money betting on any football this weekend. Smart boy. But I did pull off two fantasy wins in both of my fantasy leagues, so guess who's on a four-game winning streak in one league, baby? You guys can't see it, but I'm pointing thumbs at myself. You're an idiot. Whoa, hey, whoa, whoa, what kind of father calls his son an idiot? We come to you each week from the world of football man cave, located right here in the center of the football world, Kalamazoo, Michigan. We're here to promote the game of football in all its many forms, past, present, and future. From the NFL to the CFL to the XFL, college, high school, indoor, and arena football, we inform and entertain our listeners with the glorious buffet that is the world of football. All this while keeping a close eye on the rich history of the game. Thanks for checking out our podcast. We'd love to get your feedback on one of our many platforms. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. So let's review what happened this past week, starting with Adam and the World of Football Scoreboard. That's right. The World of Football Scoreboard brought to you by no sponsor because our marketing guy is too busy going to classes still. and <laughs> He's still in school. Still in school. But no Thursday game this week because yep. of the... Uh, Extra Monday night game or the Tuesday night game? Yeah, the Monday night and a Tuesday night game. Because of the uh, was it the the Bills playing on Tuesday night? Uh, they got their Thursday night game pushed yep. back to Monday. Yep. So we got a Monday doubleheader. We'll talk about in a second. But instead, we will start with, and for the first time in a long time, just plain old Sunday action yeah. to start the week. Yep. It's bizarre. It, it was a little strange. And we start with a, a strange outcome that nobody probably predicted, but the Denver Broncos defeated the New England Patriots 18-12. to uh, The Patriots did mount a comeback in that game. Uh, uh, it just fell short. Uh, but Denver, this is their first road win in New England since week three of? 2005. Close, 2006. Hmm. So it's been a while, but yeah. congratulations, Denver. Both teams, Broncos and Patriots, now two and three. Mm. Very strange to see the Patriots two and three yeah. this this far into the season. Uh, moving on, this was probably the game of the week, or at least it was the uh, probably the most entertaining from start to finish, and that was the Tennessee Titans defeating the Houston Texans forty-two to thirty-six to remain unbeaten. Tennessee starting five and zero. This is a 5-0 start for only the second time in franchise history, the other being in? 2008. Correct. 2008. What? Yep. I never get these right. I know you don't. You, <laughs> you, did one, you got one right last week. You got one right this week. Uh, but this game went to overtime. It was thrilling. Um, we didn't get to watch this game. I think we watched the, the last touchdown. But you would watch the ticker at the bottom of the game right? because we're watching the Lions game, obviously, and you would just see – it looked very back and forth. I'm just like, wow, the, the Texans are going up. And then there's like, oh, now the Titans are climbing back. And then the Texans, then you find out they went to overtime and just Derrick Henry 
What more can we say about that, dude? We gl- uh, gushed about him on Wednesday during the Tuesday after the Tuesday night game, and I'm going to gush about him some more. He had that 94-yard <laughs> touchdown run. Yeah. He is just one of the most incredible, just gritty running back. I mean, he, he doesn't have a lot of flash. I mean, every once in a while he'll show some muscle. And he just he's a hard-nosed runner and not a lot of juking with him. He's just like, I'm going to go north and south, yep. and I'm going to plow through whoever I need to. And this dude has become one of my favorite players in the NFL, to be honest with you. It's so much fun just watching him run. Yeah, he's he's all power, uh, not a lot of finesse. Hey, I am all good with that. That is my kind of running back right there. <laughs> take the, take me back to the days of old when that was a, a regular thing. Yeah. Uh, moving on, uh, the game that we thought would be the game of the week, the Pittsburgh Steelers defeated the Cleveland Browns 38-7. to How about that? The Pittsburgh Steelers starting 5-0, and for the second time in franchise history, that other time, and don't worry, I won't uh, question you on what year it was, the uh, second time in franchise history, uh, the other being 1978, the year after you graduated. Yeah. That's a long-ass time ago. Yeah, that's 40-some years ago. Dang. Is it? You're that old? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you don't look a day over 100. All right, moving on. Did I say that final score? 38-7. to Pittsburgh defeated the Browns. This was no contest. <laughs> uh, and Baker Mayfield eventually, uh, eventually got benched in that game, too. So after Cleveland's hot start, it looks like uh, maybe trouble in uh, Yes, yeah, hard to say. You know, uh, Even if he's not playing on the field, we'll still have a dozen of his commercials playing on. Yeah, what was the uh, stat? He had one first down and 12 commercials <laughs> during that game. I love that. That was pretty good. And another thrilling game. How about this? A game that looked like it was, you know, Baltimore had run away with, but oh, not so fast, my friend. Uh, the Ravens did beat the Eagles 30-28, to but it was not like that for most of the game. The Eagles were able to climb back at the end. They failed on a two-point conversion towards the end of the game to seal things. Uh, but Baltimore, how about this for a statistic? Baltimore has scored in every quarter this season. Hmm. Now, how many teams can say that they've scored in every quarter? It's pretty tough to do. I don't know. I I would think that uh, a majority of the teams do. Maybe, but in every game, yeah. consistently for this, this is week six. Pretty tough to do. Yeah. I mean, you see some teams like, oh, they're just shut off for a quarter because I mean, two teams are just running the ball a lot. Right. Right. So, I mean, yeah. So the Ravens improved to five and one. The Eagles fall to one four and one. Not what I expected out of this Eagles team this season. Yeah, but still, they're only a game out of first place. A game out of first. Yeah, okay, that's how you want to uh, look at it. And next Glass game. Yeah, next game you want to talk about. How about this? Um, a team called the, uh, and let me see if I'm pronouncing this right, The and I haven't heard of them before because this is uh, very, very strange. The Detroit Lions. Detroit. Detroit Lions defeated the Jacksonville Jaguars 34-16. to uh, it was a beatdown. An uncharacteristic <laughs> beatdown for the Lions. Uh, they took the lead and never dropped that lead. When they were up by 14 points, we're all sitting there saying, all right, when's that other shoe dropping? Yeah, yeah. And uh, the other shoe didn't drop. No, it did it not. It was very strange. And uh, the standout from this game that everybody's talking about, well, everybody in Michigan has been talking about, is rookie running back DeAndre Swift for the Detroit Lions, who became the first Detroit Lions rookie with 100-plus rushing yards and two touchdowns since? Barry Sanders. Well, I was looking for a year, but true. Uh, since what year? <laughs> I think it was uh, 1989, the year you were born. Yeah, so 
<laughs> it's been that long since a rookie Lions running back has had 100 yeah, you rushing were, yards. You were still crapping your diapers when Barry was doing that. Yeah, heck yeah. <laughs> That's fine. Barry doing the jukes, and I'm giving the deuce. So, um, I mean, what more can we say? Obviously, we're Lions fans. We try not to stay on our team too much because obviously we're talking about all the other because normally there isn't a lot to brag about no there ain't and it's 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 tough to brag because this is one the most points the lions have ever scored under matt patricia since he's become head coach two oh, years really? ago I didn't re- he didn't realize point. that i know points wow yeah it, it's in- incredible uh they really stifled the jacksonville jaguars uh offense with their defense which was shocking because the lions are known for having a very porous defense mm-hmm. and uh the Jacksonville Jaguars defense, who we knew had some holes in it, uh, pretty much lived up to that. Uh, the Lions were able to run, and the Lions were able to get some passes in there. But on the whole, the like the most complete Lions game I've ever seen uh, in a long time. I can't yeah. even tell you the last time I feel like I've seen a complete game through all three phases. You know, they talk about the three phases, and I feel like the Lions nailed all three phases of the game. Yeah, it was a satisfying win for. For many long-suffering Lions fans. But, that... the, but then on the, the flip side, and uh, we tried to do this bit before the show, but it got deleted because somebody's terrible at ad-libbing over there. <laughs> but there were rumors going around that if the Lions had lost this game, Matt Patricia could have been fired. Right. I think a lot of Lions fans just are, are tired of Patricia and just want him gone. So this win either gets some delusional fans back on the bandwagon or it's just they're just delaying the inevitable at this point. Well, you know, if, they, if the Lions win next week against the Falcons – who have been a pretty bad team this year, uh, the Lions will be at 3-3. Three and three. That's true. That's the sad thing. But they're not that good. Like, you just beat the 1-5 Jacksonville Jaguars. Right. You're, looking, you're looking to try to beat the 1-5 Atlanta Falcons. Right. I'm sorry. Hard to put a lot of stock into that. Sure, we'll be 3-3, three and three, which, three and three, which means we're in the, dare I say it, the, <laughs> the playoff hunt? Hush oh, your mouth. Oh, I know. It's a very uh, strange concept around these parts. But you know what I'm saying? Like, it's I, I'm trying not to... Do the typical Lions thing, which they right. always do to us, right. especially in a game where it's okay. We're gonna we're gonna look good, and then we're you know oh, then we're gonna be bad. And we're gonna expect them to be bad, and then they are good again, and they start pulling you in. They pull that rope like, hey, we got you. you we're, we're gonna be good, don't you think? Yeah, and you're like, no. oh, yeah, they I might don't be. think Patricia is gonna be there uh, the the after no. this season, no matter what kind of record they, unless they you know make the playoffs and win a couple of games. Uh, he's gone. Does this win buy him more time? It, well, it does, yeah. To win? Um, at least a couple of weeks. Well, I think at any point if they get blown out by a team that they – okay, so I, apparently it was like, oh, he had to win now today. Right, right. Should have been like that all season, Matty Patty. But it, if they get blown out by the Falcons or any other team with a losing record, uh, yeah, he should be gone. Well, you know, there's arguments both ways for keeping a coach around – uh, to the end of the season, I mean, you're really not going to gain anything by getting rid of them. Other All than, we know, other than making a statement. No, you know what you gain? Peace of mind. Peace <laughs> of mind that your garbage franchise got rid of a garbage coach, so you can start getting new garbage players and start the whole process all over again well there's more than just matt patricia that needs to go i mean the whole the whole coaching staff should be revamped so i think you wait till the end of the from season the ball boy to, to the that. general manager all you guys gotta go yeah pretty much all right well i'm i would love to talk more lives because it's nice to see a win but yeah i guess we shall move we'll wait till next week and we'll talk about their great victory over atlanta next week well, let's not get our hopes <laughs> up there the next team we're going to talk about how about this game uh the New York Giants got their first win of the season with a 20-19 victory over the Washington football team. It's still weird seeing the football team in there. Yeah. Uh, but 
Daniel Jones for the Giants, three or four career wins now for him against the Washington football team, hmm. formerly the Washington Redskins. Uh, I think, you know, Washington, they, they were coming back towards the end, I think, and they think they were going for two just to say, hey, let's win it on the road. And mm-hmm. that's a typical Ron Rivera Right. Yeah. He did that a couple years ago in Detroit when he was uh, with the Panthers. They were going for two to try to win the game, and they just came up short. Right. So kind of his M.O. Uh, I like the guts, but unfortunately with that, that gives the Giants their first win of the season, which now only leaves the Jets and uh, – No, the Jets are the only winless well, I was team. trying to tease, like, oh, they're you know we had three winless teams going into this week. Uh well, there's one. <laughs> Guess what? We're going to talk about the other team that was winless that got a win. The Atlanta Falcons went into Minneapolis and got a victory over the uh, Minnesota Vikings, which I'm shocked. I'm just shocked yeah, the Vikings are as bad as yeah, they Yeah, I was surprised uh, at 40 that. 40-23. Atlanta's first win on the road against Minnesota since... 2010. Week 16 of 2008. Oh, well. Not bad. I was close. Uh, yeah, so that was even a different stadium at that time. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, the Falcons, they, like, they were up for a lot of this game. Uh, Kirk Cousins threw, what, three interceptions. Mm. Uh, some of the Vikings guys had some big days. But they, they climbed back into it, but it was still the Falcons game to lose at that point, and they didn't let that one go under a new interim head coach. Uh, so there you go, two winless teams getting their first wins. And let's move on. The Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, let a game slip through their fingers against the Indianapolis Colts. Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Thirty-one to twenty-seven, the Colts win. But the thing was, the Bengals were up like twenty-one nothing. They jumped out to a big lead, and I'm just yeah. sitting there thinking, "Great, now my pick's gonna be wrong." Uh, <laughs> I think I picked the Colts, but it was yeah. just like a, a shocking thing when all of a sudden you're like, "Okay, the Colts got a score. Okay, whatever. Two scores, then three scores." Then four scores, and an extra field goal, and then that's it. it it's just incredible. Phillip Rivers and that team, and there was that great graphic you shared on the World of Football Twitter page, everybody, <laughs> of uh, a comparison of both uh, Joe Burrow and uh, well, This was a, screen, Rivers. a screenshot right from the actual game. Oh, yeah, on, that they put up. I can't believe they Fox put up these or, stats. Or CBS, well, whoever had it on there. But they, they had the quarterback comparison, and then at the bottom they had total number of kids. Yeah. You know, Phillip Rivers, nine, and uh, – uh, what's his name? Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow, you know, zero. Yeah. That, that was an, a stat on that page. You know, age, <laughs> passing yards through their career, touchdowns, right. rushing touchdowns, and kids. then kids. <laughs> <laughs> Who thinks of that stuff? But for Indianapolis... Somebody who doesn't work anymore hey, for, for that station. For Indianapolis, this is their first win after trailing by 21 points or more since... Oh, gosh, 1968. Week 5 of 2003. <laughs> You're close. I'll give yeah. you that one. You're close. All oh, right. Same decade. Yeah, okay. It wasn't even the same decade. I was even, off by wasn't even the same millennium, Randy. <laughs> anyway, the Chicago Bears defeated the Carolina Panthers 23-16. to The Bear. How about these Bears? Uh, they are not as good as I think you know their record no. says they are, but wins are wins, they, people. Yeah, they still keep finding a way to I win. I hate saying it, but wins are wins. You're doing <laughs> you, what you got to do. You can call them the worst 5-0 and team or 5-1 and team out there, but... They're still five and one. That's yeah, that's better than with the Lions. Yeah. Uh, for Chicago, three and zero on the road for the first time since, and I won't even let you bother. Two thousand and six. Yeah. Okay, so good for them. Uh, speaking of winless teams, the Miami Dolphins handled the New York Jets twenty-four to nothing to keep the Jets at nothing and six. Yeah, uh, and I would like to admit, I did think that they would fire Adam Gase after that. 
And especially seeing that they got shut out, I thought for sure yeah. that my prediction would hold fast that they would fire Gase. And alas, as of recording right now at 5.30 on a Tuesday afternoon, they have not. I waited all day yesterday for, for breaking news. You and me both. I kept, you know, I had my laptop on my lap all day and, and I just kept, you know, going, refreshing the Twitter page and waiting for some sort of news and it never came and I was just shocked. Yeah, and even a uh, rookie quarterback Tua Tungavaloa got in towards the end of this game. Yep. And big news coming out of the NFL this afternoon, actually, that Tua's going to start on Sunday. I'm, I'm a little shocked. I am shocked at that too. They, there was a great picture of him uh, after the game where he came back out out of the field he and just he sat, sat at like sat 15, on a 15. Yeah. And I, I heard him say that he was uh, like skyping or, or uh, FaceTiming. Fa- facetiming with his family and uh, you know talking about his journey, you know, to get to the NFL and actually making it on the field and. And, you know, that's pretty cool. But to, I mean, he completed two passes and they're going to give him the start already. I, know, yeah, I think it's a little soon. They're sitting at three and three, the Dolphins are. Yeah. Uh, 500, you know, second best record in the AFC East, which mm-hmm. is a shock because you got the Bills at one, <clears throat> Dolphins, then Patriots and Jets. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fitzpatrick's looked decent. Yeah. He's played good and I think a good mentor for, for Tua. And I he knows that his job isn't long there with Tua being drafted. But right, but I think it's way too soon to start, I mean, to start this I mean, my concerns were Tua's injury last year. Maybe he's all good from that injury he had at Alabama. Maybe he's not. I don't know. Clearly he's fine if they're going to let him start. Uh, they I must was, think he's fine. I wasn't impressed with the two passes he threw during the game yeah. at the end of that game. So, I mean, is it just a matter of, A, they don't think they're going anywhere even – Yo. I think it's too soon to tell if, if they're going going anywhere. I think they, I really think they should stick with Fitzpatrick. Or is the uh, other part that you see Joe Burrow and you see uh, uh, the quarterback for the Chargers? Uh, why am I always blanking on his name now? Because I like him a lot. Oh, yeah, uh, the, the kid, the rookie. Uh, starts with an H. Uh, Herbert, <laughs> Herbert, Justin Herbert. Uh, they looked great. Herbert and Burrow have both looked incredible mm-hmm. in you know with their teams, and now to have. Tua now coming out like is it just a matter of hey these other rookies can look good maybe it's time to put our guy in I don't know I don't know we'll uh, see we'll talk about the Dolphins later on in our picks yeah. uh, Dolphins Owens or sorry the Jets are now Owens six uh, to start a season for only the second time in franchise history hmm. that other time I'll give you a hint it was a year before one of your kids was born <laughs> oh, God. Uh, let's see um, uh, 1996. Correct. There you go. Wow. <laughs> See, sometimes you just got to lob the ball up, and maybe hey, sometimes right I had a one in four it. shot at getting that one right. <laughs> there you go. Uh, how about this game? A result we didn't expect to happen. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, what, what would be a good word, word to a manhandled, maybe? The Green Bay Packers, yeah. 38 to 10. Yeah, I, I picked Tampa Bay to win this game. You picked Green Bay. Well, you uh, thought it would be a lot closer than. 38 yeah, I, to 10. I, I don't know. I I don't like Green Bay, but I really did think that they were going to be the better team. That they started off day. looking like it. They scored 10 points in that first quarter. Yeah. It was 10 nothing, And then never scored again. <laughs> yeah. It, it was incredible. Then just to watch Green Bay essentially melt down to an extent, mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers just couldn't get anything going after he threw his first interception and in like 150 pass attempts. Yeah. Uh, two plays after that. He threw, he threw another <laughs> interception. So he threw two interceptions and three passes. So very uncharacteristic uncharacteristic of him. Uh, Green Bay just looked out of sync. So for me, it's maybe Green Bay isn't that good. This is their, this is their first real test this season. They played a crappy Lions team, a crappy Vikings team, an iffy Saints team, and then who they beat last week. Uh, 
Oh, the Falcons. They beat the Falcons a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Falcons are also also bad. Mm-hmm. And here's Tampa Bay, who isn't great either, but they're better than probably the other teams. So is this just a matter of Green Bay getting a reality check? It's what I think. I don't know. Well, is it is it wrong for me to to get a real feeling of satisfaction to see Indomitian Sue uh, throw Rogers down at the end of the oh, game? Oh no, that was great. <laughs> I was rooting for, for the most part, I was rooting for Indomitian Sue to keep getting to Rogers because yeah. Rogers clearly was not happy with it. Yeah, I think Rogers even said, uh, "We got history, or we go back a long yeah. way." Well, you know, all those times when Sue was with Detroit and and we could not seem to win, to beat Green Bay back in those days, and right. you know he comes so close to getting. Uh, Rogers and Rogers would just get away from him. And he, he, Listen, I think about that. Guy. Oh yeah, just uh, so many times Rogers has frustrated the Lions, and and Sue was a part of that. So yeah, there's still a little animosity. So there. it's great to see another team beat him instead of the Lions. I took a little per- personal satisfaction in that. Yes, I was just shocked that it was <laughs> such a big blow. Yeah, me too. All right, and then the Sunday night game, uh, I caught a little bit of this, not a lot. Another shocker: the 49ers, who I thought were kind of dead in the water yeah uh defeated the los angeles rams 24 to 16 how about the jimmy garoppolo like i thought he was also dead in the water uh seven and one career record in primetime games mm. bounce back game for him after getting benched last week so i don't know what to make of the 49ers yeah, they're they're a real enigma you, you, you don't know what you're gonna get it's kind of like the lions sometimes you know they come out and they look like super bowl champs and the next week they lose terribly to the worst team in the league so yeah, I get, that's kind of what San Francisco is right now. You, just, yeah. you don't know what team's going to come out. Yeah, hot and cold, hard to predict. Mm-hmm. All right, and then what I think might be something the NFL should look into from now on. We had a doubleheader again on Monday night. <laughs> but this time, it was a 5 o'clock kickoff yeah, the on first, the East Coast. The first game started the at first 5 o'clock on the East Coast. It was I, great. I loved it. Yeah. 5 o'clock in the afternoon, you know, I get out of work, come home, you know, get a little dinner. <laughs> Take a shower. You take a shower. You just kind of chill relax, for a little bit, and, and all of a sudden it's kickoff. Yeah, time. you know, watch a couple YouTube videos, and you go, "Oh, it's kickoff time!" And guess what? You turn the TV on, you turn it to the station wherever the game's on, and you watch football from five o'clock to eight o'clock. You know, ignore the world. Eleven thirty on a boring Monday where you're just like, "I missed my weekend." And guess what? This gives you a little taste of that weekend again, even on a Monday. And what we got was the Chiefs and Bills, a game that was kind of billed to be. Uh, you know, uh, playoff uh, type matchup, and it yeah. might end up being so because yeah. both teams coming into the game four and one. Uh, but it was the Chiefs in that rainy game against the Bills, twenty six seventeen, came out with a win. Kansas City had two hundred and forty five rushing yards. Uh, what? <laughs> it was crazy. I mean, we figured they'd be running when we saw the rain. Right. Uh, both teams. I mean, just man, it, for a minute they're the Bills look like they could keep up with the Chiefs, but the Chiefs did what the Chiefs normally do is, one, they don't drop back-to-back games a whole lot. Right. And two is, uh, during the course of a game, they make the right adjustments, and you could tell by the end of that game that the Bills had no answers for mm-hmm. what the Chiefs were doing. Well, both of these teams uh, lost their first game of the season last week, so the loser of this game was going to lose two games in a row. Right. And... It wasn't going to be the Chiefs. Well, yeah, that's why I picked the Chiefs last week. Uh, you know, the, I thought the Bills were better than this. Um, so, you know, it was a tough decision. But, you know, I, I went with Kansas City. But I fully expected the Bills to be right there at the end of the game, and, and they were not. They kind of sort of were. I mean, they lost by nine points. Uh, it was pretty obvious. They, they had were, a couple of they shots. They were not going to win this game. It was just, yeah, I don't know what it was. Josh Allen, you know, everybody had been hyping up. He's had a couple of rough games the last couple of goes. We saw him on Tuesday Night Football against mm-hmm. the Titans. 
not look great either. Uh, not a little better in this game, but not you know not enough to to defeat the Chiefs. And what can you say about Patrick Mahomes? He he made some more stuff. You just watch him run around, and I could see you getting giddy watching Patrick Mahomes. I've never seen you do that <laughs> with an opposing quarterback or quarterback that wasn't with the Lions. You you for the first time in my life were in. Seemed enamored with the play of one. I, I do like Patrick. Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes. Yeah, normally, you know, like I've always said, I have one team in the NFL and right. I hate the other 31 teams. But I do like Patrick Mahomes for whatever reason. He's just, I think he's just the most genuine dude. He he's doesn't, just, he's take, out there to play and have fun. Yeah, he doesn't take himself too seriously. He's not out there demanding respect from people. He's not out there, uh, you know, trying to, to show everybody that he's the greatest. He's not doing a Superman pose when he throws a touchdown and, and all this other stuff. He's just out there having fun and he playing He leaves it on well. the field. Yep. And yep. That's what I like about Patrick Holmes. And then to, you know, add on top of it, I think Randy just really likes his State Farm commercials where he's just... <laughs> Drizzling pour, ketchup, pouring that ketchup all over that steak, and he—I just he hardly says a word in the whole thing. He's just sitting there pouring ketchup on a steak. What's what's it sound like? <laughs> Reminds me of one of my sons that puts ketchup on everything. Not you, but oh, I was gonna say, I was like, how dare you accuse me of such a thing, <laughs> sir? And you do know that uh, that that bit's got to be saved for your yearly whatever the heck you cut out clips for the podcast for. That, that might be your first one. What? I don't know. Whatever clips you cut out for the podcast, I don't know. You do it every year. We did it not that long ago. Well, yeah, I've got some written down. I'll write it down. That Randy loves Patrick Mahomes commercials. Uh, no. <laughs> yes, that, that one was gold. That it, no, it's forever. not that funny. Wow, you're not that funny. Anyway, the last Monday night game of the week. Uh, boy, we're spoiled having two Monday night games. The Arizona Cardinals went into Dallas and just put a spanking on them Cowboys, uh, thirty-eight to ten. How about them Cardinals? Hey, uh, Kyler Murray. Thanks, my dude. Uh, Got you oh, my fantasy quarterback. Fantasy again. He he looked great. I was watching. He threw an eighty-yard bomb. He threw a sixty-yard bomb to Hopkins. He was running all over the field. He looked incredible. Uh, maybe not Russell Wilson or Patrick Mahomes, great, but still good enough to be like, how is anybody going to stop this kid? Like he he finds space. This dude just runs. And there was a great play where it was like a a fake end around, where he like fake handoff to a guy. And he, like, fake pitched it to a guy. But the way he did it was so convincing because he still kind of threw it, but he caught it. Kind of pitched it to himself. Pitched it to himself. <laughs> it was weird. And then he ran around and got the 10-yard first down. It was the greatest 10-yard first down run I've seen in a while. Yeah. This was a uh, the most satisfying win uh, that I've seen this year since the Browns beat the Cowboys. I mean, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, a couple weeks ago. I mean, I, I loved it when the Browns beat the Cowboys and made them look bad. Uh, I loved it last night when Arizona beat them really bad. And they showed so many graphics of the fans uh, in the stands. Uh, you know, miserable. There's like half full or yeah, 25%. I don't know how many were there actually there, but. Oh, the one of the guy crying and his girlfriend is kissing him like, oh, poor baby, your team lost. And oh, she could probably care less. But, right. Oh, God, there was just so many good visuals She thought she was at a baseball game, game for all we know. <laughs> you I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying. But, but yeah, there was just a lot of great uh, images from last night. And, and the, the scoreboard was the greatest one. Uh, Arizona 38, Dallas 10. Yeah, I mean, Dallas has allowed 30-plus points in five straight games. So their defense is just... Letting them down. It doesn't help that, you know, you're without Dak Prescott, who's essentially your X factor in helping you at least stay in games. Andy Dalton was definitely not the answer. I don't think he was all the problems. But Ezekiel Elliott uh, fumbling the ball a couple yeah. of times in yeah. a game when he's only done that four, like four times in his career and he's done it twice in one game. Very uncharacteristic. Very uncharacteristic. And those led to points for the, the Cardinals. And 
man, it just seemed like every time I would turn the game on, I, th- I think I saw one great big play from the Cowboys. The rest of the time it was Arizona with the ball, move it down the field. Dallas would get the ball, could do nothing with it. Uh, it was just strange to watch. Yeah, and they showed Jerry Jones a lot up in the owner's box. Oh, I'm sure. He's, I'm he, sure he's got a contract his, that says he gets screen time. He had his mask on pretty much whenever they showed him. He, he always had his mask on. And I, I think that was probably to hide, hide, the, hide the fact that, that he was cursing out his own team and so you couldn't read his lips. Um, but, yeah, it was it was just very satisfying. And that's it for the World of Football <laughs> scoreboard NFL side. But the scoreboard continues with... Randy and his college scores. Yeah, we're going to talk about week seven in college football. I saw they, they're calling this week eight, but I think they're counting week zero, which I don't. Uh, and that very first week, one of was just one game. So I mean, anyway, you might as well just go by weeks by conference. It's yeah. not even that. Whatever. But yeah, let's talk about the games that got postponed. There have been uh, over thirty games that have been canceled. College Ooh. football games that have been canceled so far this year, and I'm sure it's going to continue into next week. But this week you had. Uh, FIU versus uh, UNC Charlotte, that got canceled. Number seven, Oklahoma State versus Baylor got canceled. Number eight, Cincinnati versus Tulsa was canceled. Number 10, Florida versus LSU was canceled. And so was Vanderbilt versus Missouri uh, and UTEP at Southern Miss. Uh, So let's talk about the games that did get played now. Number one, Clemson over Georgia Tech. Seventy-three to seven. Huh? What? You, you mind saying that again? I don't think seventy-three I heard you just... to seven. Oh, that is what I heard. Whoa! Uh, Clemson improves to five and zero oh on the season. Trevor Lawrence threw for four hundred and four yards in the game and five touchdowns in the first half. Um, what, what more is there to say about this kid? He doesn't have to show us anything. <laughs> he's the number one pick in the NFL draft. He you, could stop. Tim he's going to be a New York Jet next year. Oh boy. <laughs> Unless he pulls an Eli Manning, but no, he he could stop playing right now, and he's still gonna go number one. Yeah. Uh, I know he's in probably the pursuit for a national championship, and probably just watching him throw, beautiful ball by the mm. way. Uh, I've never really think like it's hard to really judge a college quarterback, especially like last year. I was like, I liked Joe Burrow. I didn't think he was great. Clearly, he's translated to the NFL. I didn't really, I wasn't crazy about Tua, and I definitely wasn't crazy about Herbert. Shows you what I know. So maybe it's going to be the opposite with Trevor Lawrence. Because, like, I can't say how many college quarterbacks I've seen and go, that's the dude. Like, that is the guy. Like, even with Matt Stafford. I didn't know who Matt Stafford was going into that draft. It wasn't until after the college season was over you hear him right. talking about, oh, this is the number one quarterback. He's got right. all these tools and skills well, and blah, he's, blah, blah. With that long blonde hair, he's a marketing uh, person's dream oh yeah i mean you're, you're gonna put his face on everything and breakfast cereal and fans are gonna and, wear the blonde wigs oh yeah i mean it just he's just gonna be you know a, a marketing uh, tool for whatever team and you picks know what, you want to know what's scary and he's a good quarterback i was gonna say that's that all your marketing <laughs> crap is on top of him being right a really damn good right. quarterback yeah he could he could be a heisman trophy winner uh but i mean he just he just looks like a california surfer and you know i compare him to uh, joe namath you know when mm. joe namath came out of college he went up to New York and and he just electrified the AFL at the Broadway time. Trevor I can hear it now <laughs> yeah call him Lawrence of Arabia I don't know uh, continue with some other scores here number two Alabama over number three Georgia 41 to 24 I thought that would be a little bit closer game uh, Alabama well, you know what going into halftime it was 24 to 20 Georgia was up mm. Georgia didn't score a stinking point in that second half and yeah. I turned to you at one point during that first half because I thought Georgia looked mighty good I turned to you and said, I think Georgia's the better team. 
and you kind of dozed off. <laughs> and then when you woke up, I looked at you and I said, I was wrong. Alabama was the better team. No, yeah, you, you, I was asleep on the couch and you just, you, you tapped me and said, uh, wake up, game's over. <laughs> I said, who won? <laughs> and I looked up and I could see the score on Yeah, TV. 21, wow. uh, you know, unanswered in the second half. Hmm. Could just, and of course the thing we haven't talked about is Nick, uh, Nick Saban getting the coach in this game. Right. I'm not sure if you were about to get there. Yeah, I was. Alabama is now improves to four and zero, and Nick Saban is now twenty two and zero versus his former assistant coaches who have gone on to be head coaches at other college teams. Just incredible for Nick Saban, and it, he, we didn't even know if he was going to be there because he had COVID nineteen, or at least he had one positive test. He had a couple more negatives, so they allowed him to play, uh, or they allowed him to coach Saturday night. So. That was interesting. Uh, moving on to some more scores. Number four, Notre Dame over Louisville, 12-7. to Notre Dame improves to 4-0. Florida State upsets number five, North Carolina, 31-28. Number 14, BYU over Houston, 30, or, I'm sorry, 43-26. BYU is now undefeated at 5-0. South Carolina upsets number 15, Auburn, 30-22. Number 17, SMU over Tulane, 37-34 in overtime. And that improves SMU's record to 5-0. and Kentucky upsets number 18, Tennessee, 34-7. That's Oof. a pretty big upset. Yeah. <laughs> Coastal Carolina upsets number uh, 21, Tennessee. I'm, Louisville. Louisville. Louis- wow. Louisiana. Let me try that whole thing again. Yeah. Coastal Carolina upsets number 21, Louisiana, 30-27. to Those are the Raging Cajuns? Uh, I believe so. Ooh. Liberty over Syracuse, 38-21. to Liberty, an independent school, is now 5-0. Arkansas State over Georgia State, 59-52. to This, to me, was the game of the weekend. This game featured 11, uh, 111 total points, 1,196 total yards. 1,000. 1,196 total yards and 14 total touchdowns between these two teams. I saw this game on, and I really didn't pay much attention to it. I think this was... Uh, uh, what? This was like a, a Thursday night or a Friday night game, uh, and I did see it was on, but I really didn't pay much attention. I, I'm, I'm sorry I missed out on this one. This, If you like offense, this was the game of the weekend to watch because... These two teams put up a ton of points and, uh, you know, a total of 111 points in that game. Wow. Uh, finally, it was Army over USTA, UTSA. Man, really, <laughs> University of Texas, San Antonio, the Roadrunners. See, yeah, just say the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, Army over UTSA, 28-16, to and Navy over East Carolina, 27-23. And that's it for this week's scoreboard. Uh, we're going to move on to a little uh, NFL news. And a slight breaking news, I okay. suppose. Uh, nothing too big, but just popped up uh, from the ESPN a couple minutes ago. I was kind of just waiting for you to get there. Okay. But uh, team president for the Washington football team, Jason Wright, told the WJLA that, quote, there is a pretty good chance, unquote, that the Washington football team name remains in 2021. Really? A very interesting development. Hmm. I don't know if I like that or not. I I mean, I think what we can all agree on is that I don't hate the Washington football team logo. We were, no. all, we were all just kind of expecting, like, okay, yeah, it's a placeholder year for that, whatever. Mm. But 
I think they should put that W on the helmet. I like that W. Yeah. What's wrong with that? Put I, like, that on I mean, obviously sides. they got the colors. They got the W. All right. we were looking for is a, a new nickname. But right. maybe, maybe this is just a brand thing they'll do for a long time. Like, it's very unique. It makes Washington stand out. We th- we kind of hypothesize that this could be a route they take. Yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, know. it does surprise me that they would come out and actually say that. Oh, we're probably going to stay stay as the football team for next year too. Maybe it's just because the Washington football team merchandise is selling pretty well, and they want to capture that while it's still going. Uh, and then maybe. in a year, maybe another year, they'll come up with a a new name, and so new merchandise again. Well, we all figured that was going to be the plan yeah. from the get go, right. but who knows? I just thought that was interesting. That just came across. Uh, so. Well, I'll let you continue with your regularly regularly scheduled <laughs> news program. All right. In NFL news, whether there are fans in attendance at this year's Super Bowl or not, Pepsi will is still planning to put on the halftime show. Uh, the name that's been associated with the halftime show so far is ACDC, uh, even though they, they have not officially perfect. announced who is going to... Uh, appear. Taylor Swift's name has also been rumored to be a performer. She's one that makes a lot of sense. Well, she was supposed to be the one that opened the SoFi, SoFi Stadium, Stadium yeah. and that got canceled because of COVID-19. So maybe they're going to, you know, let her do the Super Bowl uh, since she was... make up for that? Yeah, to make up for that. I, I don't know if I w- would envision an ACDC and Taylor Swift. That, a mashup? <laughs> Could you imagine Taylor Swift singing ACDC songs? Yeah, I, I don't know about that. But I, I, she would probably go for that. You actually, you want to know something? And this is going to be out there, so stick with me here. You know who I And this isn't going to be Adam's typical who Adam thinks should be the halftime performer. Because I would pick like a Metallica or a, a, a band. Weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> That's Randy's pick every year. It's twenty. It's twenty twenty. What what more do you want out of twenty twenty than to have Weird Al at the Super Bowl? That would be pretty good. Give him a cameo at least. <laughs> Let him play fat. Uh, but no. So every year I probably say, give me a Metallica or give me a insert rock or metal group that deserves a mainstream shot. Since uh, every year it seems like it's a big pop star, yeah. right? But yeah. I'm actually going to give you a pop star, and maybe. You probably won't agree with me, but I recently just saw this individual artist cover a song by the Cranberries called Zombie, and I thought it was awesome, and I thought they did a really good job. Can you guess what I'm thinking of? No. I'll give you a hint. She was a Disney Channel star. Um, Britney Spears? No. Get Britney out of here. De- she, Demi she Lovato? No. Miley Cyrus. Oh, that That's one. right. I'm going to throw it out there, everybody. <laughs> I think Miley Cyrus... Should do the halftime show. I know that's weird. I really like her cover of Zombie, and I'm digging whatever that new single is, uh, Midnight Sky, that she's been doing. Uh, she's kind of done a weird, uh, wow, here we are, a half hour, 38, 40 minutes into the show, and Adam's talking about Miley Cyrus. She's kind of done a turnaround, Randy. She was doing like that weird pop music for a minute, you know, like Wrecking Ball. You've heard the song. Right. But now she's got like a band, and like it's weird because you see those artists and it doesn't really look like they have a band the band always looks fake like they're not really playing the instruments they're there for show mm-hmm. it looks like she's actually doing like a live band a lot of cool guitar work drums and everything and she's like dancing with the the microphone and everything she kind of dresses a little classier than normal uh she's just a little bit too wild and too weird i i don't see her as the the wholesome family type for a super bowl i don't think the nfl that's where that. you're wrong randy you tame her a little bit uh, she, yeah right also a song she's got called can't be tamed uh so but disney channel roots she knows how to, to reel it in a little bit maybe she gets a little crazy 
maybe she like pulls out some like crazy animatronic lion like Katy Perry did. I don't know. I say give Miley like, a shot. I don't think the NFL would. They would give uh, Taylor Swift a shot before. Oh, they Taylor give Swift's Miley, also too. She's Miley too Cyrus squeaky clean. Taylor Swift is too squeaky clean. I don't. Uh, there's trust no her. such thing as too squeaky clean for I the NFL. I don't trust. They her. ever since the wardrobe mal- malfunction, they are shell shocked and they really uh, take a look at who's going to be performing. Uh, so let's see. You've had one of the most provocative artists in uh, Lady Gaga doing a <laughs> halftime show. Hey, she came down on a wire from the top of the stadium. Yeah, okay, top at, of the stadium in quotes. Excuse me. And at, and at the end, she uh, caught a football while she was jumping through the air. <laughs> That's that's high class. Though. That was that was actually pretty good. I like Lady Gaga. <laughs> and, well, you you can't you can't dismiss uh, Katy Perry coming in on that I'm, giant line. I am either. not even beyond them. Just like getting a bunch of artists and doing some mishmashing. Yeah, like, get a bunch of good just artists that like are different genres. Appeal to all the demographics. Get, <laughs> so what you do? You get Paul McCartney for the Randy demographic. You get love um, it. You get uh, Weird Al Yankovic for the Randy oh demographic. You get one demographic. You don't get two. Paul McCartney and. And uh, Weird Al together. Get those guys on the same stage. You can only... Okay, if Weird Al... <laughs> My head would explode. Hold on. If Weird Al <laughs> and Paul McCartney ever did a Super Bowl halftime show, you know who's who'd be playing in that football game? Hmm. Probably the Detroit Lions. I'm just going to throw that out there right uh, now. Yeah, I, my mind would be blown on if that ever happened. I could die happy! <laughs> yes, right. I got my halftime show and <laughs> the Lions it's are in the, the Super ultimate. Bowl. Goodbye, Lord. <laughs> Okay, let's move on to some college news. Uh, the top Randy 20... Snow is a beloved husband, father, <laughs> and uh, lover to some. Stupid Lions fan. And a stupid Lions fan who held on just long <laughs> enough to see his ideal... Paul McCartney, <laughs> Weird Al, show. and the Lions in the Super Bowl all at the same time. There you go. <laughs> and then he checked out. Against Doug Flutie, who comes out of retirement to play for the Buffalo Bills. Well, the New Jersey Generals are going to bring those <laughs> Oh, my God. All right. Let's, we, we, uh, we went way too far into crazy town. Yeah. All right, uh, the top 25 came out this week, and I have a real problem with this. Oh, God. Here I we really... go, everybody. Randy's got a problem with something, everybody. Brace <laughs> yourselves. Here, here's what the is top it this 25. week, old man? You, the top four, of course, Clemson at number one, 5-0. and oh. Number two, Alabama, 4-0. and oh. Number three, Georgia, uh, Georgia moves down to number four after losing to um, Alabama, and Notre Dame goes up to number three. Uh, Notre Dame is four and zero. Georgia's three and one. And then at number five, you got Ohio State, a team that has not even played yet. Sounds about right. Uh, no, uh, if you don't get to be on the rankings until you've played at least one game, you know you want to have the number one team in the country or the number five team in the country. But, but, you got to have at least one but, game but, under your but, belt. But 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 Randy, I'm let sorry. me just Randy, let me just let me just stop you there. How are they going to market that Ohio State game on Saturday if they don't have a number in front of them? I know it. That, that's all it is. Th- this whole ranking stuff is a big sham. It's all popularity. Wait, it's wait, all wait, about wait, ratings. Wait, 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 wait. You're telling me that when I tune in on Saturdays to watch my beloved college football, that when I tune in to see a ranked game between number five Ohio State and number 14 Wisconsin, that those numbers in front of them don't mean a darn thing? You you get that right, Sherlock. What? <laughs> those rankings I've been don't bamboozled. Mean <laughs> You, and look at this. You got one, two, three, uh, four, five, six, seven, seven teams in the top 25 that have not even played a game yet. You've got Ohio State at number five. You got Penn State at number eight. Oregon at number 13. Wisconsin tied for number four, for 14. Michigan at 18. Minnesota at 21. And Southern Cal at 24. None of these teams have even played a game yet. Hold this on. Is, so this technically, is atrocious. This is, technically, this is a top 
26 because for some dumb reason you can't just admit like why like if you're gonna say wisconsin's tied with north carolina for number 14 oh yeah like that ain't gonna happen um why don't you just say hey the team that hasn't played we'll just put them at 15 like who just says well, we're gonna they're the same this team hasn't played any games this team's played four games we're just going to say they're the same. Coastal Carolina broke into the top 25. They're at least 4-0. and You know what? There's a school out there called Liberty that's an independent school. They're 5-0. and They didn't even make the top 25. And you put Southern Cal, a team that has not even played a game yet, over Liberty that's 5-0? and No, I'm sorry. These, these people are idiots. Uh, that's this, why this AP poll is, I mean, it's toilet paper. What I'm holding in my hand is toilet paper right now because it, mean, it means nothing. I'm just going to, here, I'll hand you the one you print off for me, and I don't want to wipe with it. So oh, good. You, now I got two-ply. So if you Great. Wanna, so if you want to go wipe with it, look, look this is so we, all, we both know that since the college football playoff era has started, the only rankings that really matter are when those start. Uh, anything before that, it's like, I, t- I think of it as like a temporary number. It's like, hey, we're just going to. You know, like when you go to uh, driver's ed and, you know, you get in the driver's ed car, they, they just, it's a, you walk out and you see the driver's red Prius and you're like, oh, it's a red Prius. But all he has to do is slap that magnet on the side that says student driver. And guess what? Now it's a student driver car. So all these numbers are just the magnets they slap onto the hoods of these cars just to say, oh, uh, you're the number four team in the country this week. So it's just, it's silly. I'm going to wait till we get the playoff rankings. And even then, those are flawed. Yeah. But at least that has some level of credibility, and you know they that is what everybody takes. So yeah. now that all these numbers you're seeing now, when you see them on the TV, they're actually going to mean something. And those playoff rankings don't come out until November 17th, so that's, uh, so that's we got, a month away. Uh, we got less than a month. Yeah. Then we'll really know who's supposed to be in that top four. All right, and some other college news while I calm down here. <laughs> uh, Florida head coach Dan Mullen has tested positive for COVID-19. Uh, last week's game, uh, Florida game against LSU, was canceled. Uh, no telling what's going to happen. Also, Mullen was the coach who said he wanted a packed house for that LSU game. He wanted 90,000 oh. people there <laughs> screaming and cheering for LSU to give them home field advantage. Um, how's that working out for you, Coach? <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I don't know. They made so much about Nick Saban. Oh, is he going to be there? Is he gonna... I haven't heard a thing on Dan Mullen uh, since this came out a few days ago. No, well, they, no updates. Has he tested well, negative? Well, like they had second to, third time? to talk about him every day because uh, their game was canceled. Alabama's was not, so it was a daily soap opera when we found out that Saban, on our show, uh, had caught COVID. I believe towards the end of our show. Mm, yeah, I think so. So it was, uh, you know, every day they had a every twenty four hours they got a test result and he had to get three negatives before that Saturday kickoff at eight yeah. o'clock. And guess what? He magically was cured of COVID and got to play or coach. <laughs> yeah. And coach he did. You know, oh, yeah. I guess what? They uh, they kind of won that game. <laughs> in another uh, college story, Division Three Occidental College in Los Angeles you. has canceled its football program due to financial and recruiting issues, not to mention the whole COVID-19 yeah. thing. Uh, this school began playing back in 1894 and was one of the first college teams in Southern California. Some of their uh, distinguished alumni include a quarterback, Jack Kemp, who was with the class of 1957. He went on to play in the NFL for the San Diego Chargers and the Buffalo Bills before he launched a uh, political career. Uh, he was in Congress for many years. We did a, uh, a history lesson on him uh, some time ago where he 
and I'm using air quotes here, got traded from the CFL to the NFL. They don't actually make trades between those two leagues, but they they worked out a deal where he was able to sign with an NFL team because he was playing up in Canada and doing a good job. Hmm. Uh, and another player, uh, tight end Jim Mora, also from the class of 57, who went on to be the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, this team has been playing at the Division Three level since 1973, and they play in Jack Kemp Stadium, and now it's it's all over. Very I sad. hate to see that. We we saw a lot of schools yeah. canceling their programs. And when we knew this might keep COVID, happening. All, yeah, all, it hasn't happened yeah. in a while, but yeah, the first couple of months under COVID-19 seemed like every couple of weeks, oh, another another school has canceled their, their whole program. They just don't can't handle it. The COVID-19 is costing you know so much and. And uh, it just it didn't work out for a lot of schools. So yeah. uh, sad to see. Maybe maybe they can bring that back a, again in a few years. We'll see. And uh, something we talked about in our opening, uh, you know it's 2020 when the Spring League is playing in the fall. I mean, it's right there in the name. It's the Spring League. Uh, this thing is a, it's a, a showcase league for a lot of players trying to get a look by the NFL. It's a developmental league, whatever. They, they only play a couple of games every year, and I think – uh, John, I never even heard of the Spring League until Johnny Manziel signed to play with them. And I think that was their third year when Johnny Manziel was there. And I'd never heard of him at all. Um, so it was just really surprising. And now uh, they had three teams last year, and now they're going to have six teams this next year. And they're going to be playing in uh, San Antonio in the uh, Alamo Dome, which is where the University of Texas San Antonio plays. Um, but they're going to have six teams, the Jousters, the Generals, the Alphas, the Aviators, the Blues, and the Conquerors. Um, ironically, I just saw that the head coach of the Conquerors is Jerry Glanville. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, um, at, at least they have actual team names. I mean, they, they had two teams. I forget what, even what they were being called. There was one that was called the Aviators, and then there was like... Team one and team two or something like I that. Don't I, I cannot remember. I think we covered it. I can't tell you what yeah. the teams were called. Those were some of the last scores we had uh, from the spring league before everything shut down. You know, the, after the XFL was gone, they had you know one weekend of games, and they were playing in Las Vegas at the time. So yeah. now they're now they're in San Antonio. So um, I don't know if we'll catch any other games or not. But uh, yeah, the spring league is playing in the fall. It's got to be 2020. Um. Arena Football TV on YouTube, they posted a couple of games this week. Uh, one was the L.A. Cobras versus the Chicago Bruisers, and that was a 1988 playoff game, semifinal playoff game, by the way. And then the other game was the, oh, excuse me, Arena, the Bowl, Arena Bowl Two between the Detroit Drive and the Chicago Bruisers, also from 1988. And I think that completes the entire 1988 season for them. They've got all the games from 88, which was the second year. Uh, of the Arena Football League, I believe they only had uh, six teams that year, but uh, yeah, it was pretty exciting. I'm I'm looking forward to watching the uh, Arena Bowl because I never got to see too much of the Detroit Drive. They came and went before I really got into yeah, Arena yeah. Football. We, we've heard the, your your sad sack story. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll give it a rest there. No, I, I look forward to this. Is a game I would love to check out. One of the early, early Arena Bowls. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, we did have one obituary this week, which. Um, the last two weeks we had no obituaries at all, and that was nice. But we do have one this week, and it's a big obituary. Fred Dean, a defensive end in the NFL for 11 seasons, has passed away at the age of 68, which seems kind of young. Uh, Dean played college football at Louisiana Tech and helped lead the team to the 1973 Division II National Championship. 
He was selected in the second round of the 1975 NFL Draft by the San Diego Chargers. He played for the Chargers from 1975 to 1981 and then was traded to the San Francisco 49ers, where he played from 81 to 85. Dean won two Super Bowls with the 49ers in 1982 and 1985. He was inducted into the Louisiana Tech Athletic Hall of Fame in 1990, the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 2008, and the College Football Hall of Fame in 2009. So condolences to the family of Fred Dean and all the San Francisco 49ers fans. All right, let's see. Birthdays, October 20th. Uh, The birthday that we have that we're going to highlight today is quarterback Zeke Bratkowski. Born on this date in 1931, he passed away in 2019 at the age of 88. He played college football at the University of Georgia, and he was selected in the second round of the 1953 NFL Draft by the Chicago Bears. He played 14 NFL seasons with the Bears, the L.A. Rams, and the Green Bay Packers. He won uh, Super Bowl one and two as a backup to quarterback Brett, uh, Bart Starr. And I actually got to uh, meet Zeke Bratkowski a few oh. years ago during a Professional Football Researchers Association get-together in Green Bay. Uh, he came uh, and talked to everybody and told us stories about that uh, uh, that first Super Bowl season and all that. And uh, he was God, he just, what a great guy. Uh, a lot of fun to hear him talk and and uh, the stories that he had to tell about Lombardi and Bart Starr and all that. And, you know, the backup players don't always get a lot of attention in, in these in any era. I mean, right. even back then, it was all, oh, Bart Starr this and, and Vince Lombardi that. But there was Zeke Bretkowski as, uh, as his backup ready to take in, take over any time. And, and uh, in fact, you know, the Packers actually won the last NFL championship before the Super Bowl era started. So they won three straight titles. Um, two of them just happened to be uh, the first two Super Bowls. Okay, and now we're going to move on to our two-minute history lesson this week and this week I was thinking about what to do and I just thought yeah I haven't done a story about the CFL in a while and so here's a story about the only CFL player to ever rush for 2,000 yards in a single season. There have been seven players in NFL history who have surpassed the 2,000 yard rushing mark. The first was OJ Simpson of the Buffalo Bills in 1973. Others include Barry Sanders of the Detroit Lions, Eric Dickerson of the Los Angeles Rams, Jamal Lewis of the Baltimore Ravens, Terrell Davis of the Denver Broncos, and Chris Johnson of the Tennessee Titans. The last one to accomplish this feat was Adrian Peterson of the Minnesota Vikings in 2012. Simpson did it during a 14-game season, and the others did it during 16-game seasons. But in the Canadian Football League, only one player has ever eclipsed the 2,000-yard mark running back Mike Pringle of the Montreal Alouettes did it in 1998. He ran 347 times that season and accumulated 2,065 yards during an 18-game season. Pringle played college football at Washington State and at Cal State Fullerton. He was selected in the sixth round of the 1990 NFL Draft by the Atlanta Falcons. He only played one season for the Falcons and was used very little that year. He then played for the Sacramento Surge of the World League of American Football in 1992, and later that year he signed with the CFL's Edmonton Eskimos. In 1993, he played for the Sacramento Gold Miners of CFL USA, and in 1994 and 1995, he was with the CFL's Baltimore Stallions. 
He won a Grey Cup title with the Stallions in 1995. The CFL folded all of its U.S. teams following the 1995 season. The Baltimore team was moved to Montreal and became the newest incarnation of the Montreal Alouettes in 1996. During the 1998 season, Pringle averaged six yards per carry on his way to breaking the 2,000-yard mark. Technically, he only played in 17 of the 18 regular season games that season, but he still averaged 121.5 yards per game. His best game that season was in Week 16, when he ran for 235 yards on the road against the Toronto Argonauts on October 17th. He would break the 2,000-yard mark the following week at home against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers when he ran for 102 yards on October 25th. He had 13 straight 100-yard games that season, and 14 altogether. Montreal posted a 12-5-1 record in 1998 and made the playoffs, but fell short of a Grey Cup appearance when they lost in the Eastern Conference Finals. In his 13 CFL seasons, Pringle rushed for over 1,000 yards nine times. He almost surpassed the 2,000-yard mark in 1994 with Baltimore when he rushed for 1,972 yards. His total CFL career rushing yardage is 16,425 yards, a CFL record. Pringle finished his CFL playing career with the Edmonton Eskimos in 2003 and 2004. He won a second Grey Cup title while with Edmonton in 2003. He was also inducted into the Canadian Football Hall of Fame in 2008. With only three downs, the CFL is primarily a passing league so the accomplishments of Mike Pringle at the running back position are all the more impressive. Always good uh, to hear a CFL story, especially when we were robbed of CFL football yeah. this year. Yep. I mean, I'm glad the NFL is playing, and I'm glad all of the divisions in the college football are, are finally getting around to playing uh, starting this week and next week. But, man, I do miss the CFL. And the borders are closed between the United States and Canada anyway, so we couldn't even go there if we wanted to. Right. So it's it's been a very disappointing year, and I, you're I, telling me I feel for all the CFL fans that uh, you know live and in players. Saskatchewan, yeah, in Toronto and Hamilton, that they're they're really hurting this year, and I, I feel for them. All right, going on to our predictions for last week, uh, week six, you went eight and six, which is pretty good, but yeah. I was just a little bit better at nine and five. What? But uh, overall, we are both tied with a, a fifty-nine and thirty-two record. Uh, over the first six weeks of the season. Mm. So we'll see uh, which one of us is going to take the lead this week as we do our Week 7 predictions. All right. Well, I'm going to start this week because I feel like I got robbed of you coming <laughs> back this week. So the first game, a Thursday night game, if everything holds up. And yep. as of right now, we haven't heard any issues, knock yep. on wood. So far, everything that in this schedule looks like it's going to be normal, dare I say. Thursday night, the New York Giants take on the Philadelphia Eagles, and this game is in Philadelphia. Uh, so I'm going first. Uh, Eagles started looking good there at the end of that game. I'm going to take the Eagles to get the home victory. Yeah, I don't put much uh, stock on the Giants right now. Uh, they could surprise you, but I'm going with the home team of the Eagles also. All right, in a battle of two of the three unbeatens, the Pittsburgh Steelers travel to Tennessee to play the Titans. In that makeup game from week three, uh, who do you got? Well, both of these teams are undefeated. Or week and, four, uh, whatever week they canceled yeah, that I don't game. Remember. God, it's, 
It's all a blur. I think it was week four. Um, but yeah, two undefeated teams going against each other. I just think the Steelers are going to be a bit too much for Tennessee. So give me Pittsburgh. Really? Well, let me tell you why it's going to be the Tennessee Titans. Oh, really? And uh, it's because of Derrick Henry. Hmm. Derrick Henry is going to, you know, he's going to run that ball down that Pittsburgh defense. I think Tannehill is a better quarterback than a lot of people are giving him credit for. And Tennessee's got some other weapons. they got some receivers that are sneaky good. Hmm. Uh, the Steelers, don't get me wrong, I think this is going to be a great game. I don't think it'll be like that last game the Steelers played. Uh this could go one of two ways, you know, either this is going to be a tough defensive game where both teams defenses, which are typically pretty good, are going to stop the run and just uh, maybe we'll get a fireworks show out of the two quarterbacks, but we'll see. I give it to the Titans to pull it out. Mm, okay. All right. The next game, the Dallas Cowboys travel to Washington to play the football team that we all know and love from that city <laughs> or yeah, that city. Um, I, you know what? I'm going to take Washington. Uh, don't tell my coworker I'm doing this. <laughs> Dallas just, boy, I just don't know about Dallas. They can't stop the run. They're allowing 30 points a game. And Washington, I don't think, has gotten anywhere near 30 points. But I think they got some good runners. And I think they might not score 30 points. But I think they're going to run it all day on that Dallas defense. And uh, I don't know if Andy Dalton's got it in him. Well, you know what? I'm going to pick Washington, too. too. No! I, I don't think Washington is as bad as their record. I mean, I think they've played yes, some, they some good football at times. <laughs> and I, I just think that, uh, you know, Washington is kind of trending up a little bit. And I think are Washington they, is, is trending down. I'm taking Washington. All right. Uh, the next game, the Buffalo Bills travel to New York to play the Jets, who are 0-6, by the way. Who do you got? <laughs> are the Bills going to lose three straight? No, the Bills are going to manhandle the Jets, and uh, maybe Adam Gase will get fired after that game. But, yeah, give me the Bills. This might be the first sure pick of the week. Uh, yeah, Buffalo. Uh, the Carolina Panthers head down to New Orleans to play the Saints. This should be very interesting. The Saints, I believe, coming off of a bye. Uh, in the Dome... Oh boy, Teddy Bridgewater returning after, you know, he filled in a few games for the Saints last year. Mm. Oh, give me the Saints. I guess, you know, Saints at home are tough to not pick the Saints. Yeah. I think this will be closer than people think, though. Yeah, I I agree. I'll take New Orleans uh, as the home team uh, to win that game also. Bridgewater, you know, yeah, he looked really good when he was with uh, New Orleans, but with Carolina. Carolina, he's been pretty decent. He was He's one of the league's leading passers Yeah, being down there. I don't know. Going, well, you know, it could be a factor of him going back down there and trying to, to prove that, uh, you know, he, he's a decent well, quarterback. Well, so the whole he, reason he was good motivated. there got him the job in Right, Carolina. right. But uh, I still go with New Orleans. All right. Well, the next game, the Green Bay Packers travel to Houston to play the Texans. Who do you got? I'm going to take Houston in that game. Really? Uh, yeah, I should be taking Green Bay, but I just want them to lose so bad, so I'm going to pick in Houston. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I almost picked the Texans. Uh, I think Aaron Rodgers is, but this is the factor. Aaron Rodgers is going to come out with a different kind of fire. Aaron Rodgers is not the type of person who, you know, is going to take a loss in stride like that. He's going to go, he's, he's pissed and he's going to take it out on the next team. He's got to play besides That's, his practice squad guys who play the scout team. You're probably right. And I think he's going to take it out on the Texans. So give me the Packers to okay. uh, get back in the win column. All right. All right. This game should be interesting. Another battle of Cleveland. The Browns traveled to Cincinnati to play the Bengals. Uh, I believe it was the Browns who got the best of the Bengals last time. Yep. 
this time I think the Bengals are going to squeak it out, actually. I think I picked the Bengals last time, too. <laughs> Give me the Bengals to squeak this one out. Oh, well, uh, I am picking the Browns, but do we know if Baker Mayfield's going to be the starter this week? And as of right now on a Tuesday, nope. We don't know. <laughs> well. That's the, the crappy part about doing picks on a Tuesday. Yeah. Um, boy, I probably should take Cincinnati, but I, I wrote down the Browns earlier, so I'll go with the Browns. All right. Uh, the next game, the Detroit Lions travel to Atlanta to play the Falcons. I believe this will be the first game the Falcons will wear that gradient uniform. We've been mm. looking forward to these all season. Yuck. Uh, who do you got? I'm picking Detroit. Call me a homer. Wow, uh, really? Uh, yeah, Atlanta's had one game. Uh, I'm sorry. Detroit should should be one better than what they are right now. They should be... Uh, three, three and two. Three and two, yeah. Well, guess so, what? Give me I'm Detroit. Gonna, I'm going to go with the Falcons, which I think is the first time we've disagreed on a Lions game, whether mm-hmm. we both said they're going to win or they're both going to lose. Could be. Uh, so uh, I'm going to take the Falcons. Uh, okay. I don't like it, <laughs> but it just something tells me the Lions, until the Lions can prove me wrong. And I say this every year. The Lions got to prove me wrong, and I don't think they can string too straight. All right, now the undefeated Seattle Seahawks uh, play host to the Arizona Cardinals. Or actually, sorry, the other way around. They're traveling to Arizona to play the Cardinals. This game should be mighty interesting. I think this is going to be a shootout in the desert. Uh, but typical Seattle fashion, I, I think they stay undefeated. And uh, they're going to give the Cardinals a tough one there. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm i going to take Seattle, even though you know Arizona looked so good last night. Well, yeah. Uh, but, you know, uh, D- Dallas is not Seattle, so I think Seattle is probably going to come up with a win in that one. But, yeah, that, that should be a really good game. Yep, so the next game. You have the Jacksonville Jaguars traveling to Los Angeles to play the Chargers. Uh, you go first. Give me Chargers. The Chargers. Off a oh, Chargers. Okay, yep. Didn't even have to give you any of that information. Yeah. Minshew Mania is dead. Uh, I agree with that. Give me the Chargers. Now, this game, I don't know what to think of it. The San Francisco 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo travel to New England to play the Patriots. Uh, The game's in New England. I guess the Patriots are starting to get things rolling with a healthy Cam Newton. And the 49ers, we never know who's going to show up. But you know who does show up? Randy, do you know who shows up? Um, In San Francisco? Oh, my God. Bill Belichick shows up every game. He is the X Factor. Oh, yeah. Okay. Give me a Subway sandwich to win this game. <laughs> yeah, I'm picking New England also. All right. Well, didn't take That's all I got to say. All right. Kansas- I don't need a Subway sandwich. But- Kansas- well, maybe I do need a Subway sandwich. Oh God, God, that sounds good right now. Too many tangents today. The Kansas City Chiefs travel to Denver to play the Broncos. Who do you got? Kansas City all day. Yeah, it's hard to not pick the Chiefs. I mean, the Broncos, you know, look pretty decent against the uh, the Patriots, but it's hard to stop Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, that's right. All right, this game, this should be an interesting Sunday night football matchup. You got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady traveling to, traveling to Las Vegas to play against former head coach John Gruden hmm. in the new Vegas Raiders stadium. This should be quite a matchup i think yeah it could be um but as far as who's going to win i have no clue <laughs> uh i'm actually going to take the raiders to to shock the bucks i, I think really? the bucks bucks are so up and down i don't know which bucks team is going to show That's up true. That's uh true. so this time on the road i'm going to take the vegas raiders i'm going to go with tampa bay i oh. i think uh, tom brady will will write the pirate ship and and they'll come out of there with a win 
okay. And then the Monday night game. This should be an interesting game. A battle of division leaders. Actually, no, never mind. The Rams aren't a division leader anymore. Uh, but how about this? The 5-1 Bears against the Los Angeles Rams. Who do you got? I've got the hometown Rams in A couple that one. of good defenses in this. Yeah. I'm going to say Rams. But you know what that means, right? The Bears are going to upset me and win uh-huh. this game somehow and go to 6-1. and one. <laughs> But I am, my official pick is the Rams. Yeah, I I think the, the Bears' balloon is going to burst here sometime. At some point, it's got to. Yeah. They're not as good as their record says. Right, so yeah, I, I think the Rams will handle And I'll them. say the same thing when they're 15-1. and one. <laughs> Their record's not what they are. They're the worst 15-1 and one team in the NFL. They're not going anywhere. Then they're going to win the Super Bowl. I wouldn't be like, they're yeah. not the best Super Bowl team to ever win a Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. All right, that's it. That's the okay, picks. Okay, that's it for our predictions. All right, upcoming events, at least uh, as they are right now, today. Uh, October 24th, the Big Ten and the Mountain West Conferences begin their college football season. This weekend! Yeah, a couple Give days Give me that now. Big Ten football! <laughs> um, November 4th, the MAC schedule begins. November 6th, the Pac-12 schedule begins. November 17th, the first college football playoff rankings, the only rankings that Anybody Man, should be yeah, looking at. Exactly. Um, and and uh, December 20th, college football playoff selection show, where we'll know the four teams that are going on to the playoffs this year in the FBS. Uh, January 11th, college football national championship game in Miami. We'll see if they uh, have packed stadiums down there at that time or not. And then February 7th, Super Bowl 55 in Tampa. And that's it for our upcoming events. Uh, anything on your phone any last-minute changes, nope. updates, We are firings? in the clear. Okay. Well, that's all the time we've got for this week, then. If you learned something about uh, the incredible amount of diversity that exists in the world of football from this little podcast, then we've done our job. Visit our website at theworldoffootball.com for news, links, upcoming events, videos, and more. Our email address is info at theworldoffootball.com. The World of Football is on Facebook. Like us there. Uh, the world of football is on Twitter. Uh, follow us there at TWOF Kalamazoo. Uh, we post this shindig every Tuesday. Uh, unless and, there's a Tuesday night game. Unless there's a Tuesday night game, then we post things on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And, and Adam doesn't like reading the same old script all the time. That's why I'm kind of going off book a little bit. Right. Uh, but we are freestyling it here, freestyling folks. Freestyling, Ricky, Ricky, Ra. We are on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. I read one of those out of order just to mm-hmm. spice things up. Ooh, Can wow. you tell which one it is? No. Uh, so please subscribe, rate, review, let us know what you think, and please come be a part of the conversations about football. <laughs> and remember, people, some folks may love football more than we do, but nobody loves more football than we do. I see you tried to change that up a little bit, too. Yeah. Uh, Join us again next week when we'll review all the happenings in and around the world of football. Until then, I'm Randy Snow. And I wish your uh, freestyle game was a little better there, Randy. It's not. See you all next week.